Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure, is sponsored by SJNL General Contractors. They are licensed in both Alabama and Tennessee, and they provide services such as mass grading, storm drainage, sewer and concrete improvement, asphalt paving, erosion control, demolition, and heavy hauling. If you need any of these services, contact them 931-433-4660, 931-433-4660. Also, they are in need of heavy equipment operators, concrete finishers, CDL dump truck drivers, and pipe layers. If you're interested in employment with this family-owned business, you can go to the website www.sjnl.com. That's www.sjnl.com. My mom is scared of snakes. Okay, my mom is scared of everything. But we were raised, of course, sort of with the idea that all snakes are dangerous. Now, back in the day, a snake was poisonous. Well, I was told one day by a... uh, uh, exterminator that snakes and spiders are not poisonous they are venomous poison is ingested venom is injected so you, you, proper terminology is venomous snakes so i, I kind of grew up with this idea that that snakes were dangerous and uh would basically go out of my way to to kill them uh, i've got a lot of snake stories uh, i can't tell all the snake stories in one episode because there's so many of them and for some reason, the my friends, and, and when I say friends, I'll have to put the caveat, these are my SWAT team friends. These are the guys that I've worked with, and they tend to deal a lot in hyperbole uh, because I'm short, I'm an elf, I live in a tree, I make cookies, okay? That's the kind of humor these guys have. Well, one of the big things about me being a minister is I'm a, a minister and I'm from the South, so obviously I have to be a snake handler. Well, that could be further from the truth. I, I I don't know that I've ever held more than two live snakes. Most of the snakes I've ever dealt with were, were not alive. Uh, we were training at the uh, Memorial Parkway Church of Christ. Now, that building has been sold, and the, the congregation now worships out on Winchester Road at the Chase Park Church of Christ. But the SWAT guys and I were in there, and I was hiding, and they were clearing the building, and you know we were just using the building as a training site. And the, the men of the church that we call our elders uh, had had a meeting. And so the SWAT guys are in the building and the elders are in the building. And, and as a young chaplain, I wanted the elders to meet these officers. And obviously, I wanted the officers to meet uh, the elders of the church. So as they came out of the office and the SWAT guys were coming down the hall and they were in their body armor and had their you know, hoods and their night vision and their flashlights and all that stuff. I stopped the two groups and I introduced the young men to the elders and I introduced the elders to the young men. And one of the officers looks at, I think it was Benny Pinkley and says, excuse me, sir, I have a question. Now you've got this wizened senior Christian about to be asked a question in the church building by a young police officer and Benny adjusts his glasses and says, yes. And the young officer said that uh, big room in there, talk about our auditorium. He's that big room in there has a big pool of water. And he goes, yes. And Will said, is that where y'all keep the snakes? <laughs> I thought, okay, there goes my career. I've been fired. Uh, the humor was not missed. And, and so I got to keep my job and got to keep playing with the SWAT guys. 
years later, the SWAT guys are doing a briefing for a uh, warrant they're going to serve, and and I get to tag along with them. Uh, I get to go, and so I'm in the briefing. It's early in the morning, and uh, it's a multidisciplinary team. There's a, a lady there from the FBI, and probably some folks from a DEA, and and we're talking about we're gonna they're gonna drive up to this house and and, and serve a warrant, and the intel for the the location said that the person had several cages inside the house and that the cages contained some reptiles and without even hesitation one of the SWAT guys says well that's all right we brought our preacher Uh, he handles snakes it was a joke the FBI has no official sense of humor and so they looked at each other like oh wow these guys are prepared so with my history of snakes comes the history of my wife and snakes and and so one Sunday morning beautiful day in the summer. I had preached at the Maysville Church of Christ, and we were driving around Gurley Pike to either go to Gurley and eat at El Coyote or all the way into Hampton Cove and eat at the Chinese Buffet. And as we go around the corner where that big hill is on Gurley Pike in that little strip of woods, there's an older gentleman standing beside a car. And as we pulled around, Jackie said, you got to stop the car. And I said, what? She said, stop the car. Stop the car. She said, you got to help that guy. I said, his car's running. There's nothing. She said, no, no, no. He, there's a big rattlesnake, and, and that guy's going to get bit. He's way too close to it. Now, when she sees snakes, she instinctively puts her feet up. If there's one on TV, her feet are on the couch. If we drive over one in the car, she puts her feet up. So now she's got her feet up, and she says, you've got to go help that guy. I said, baby, I'm in my suit. She goes, you have to help that man. He's going to get bit. So I get out of the car. I'm in my suit. I'm walking down the side of the road. It's July and it's hot. It's hotter than the bottom of Moses' sandals. I cautiously approach this gentleman and sure enough, there is a large rattlesnake coiled up. The tail is buzzing and the air is filled with that musty scent that a snake gives off. When it's in danger or it's threatened, the snake will flatten its body and this musty scent pops out. And, and this guy's standing here staring at the snake. I said, sir, can I help you? He goes, yeah, I'm trying to get the rattles off this snake. I said, well, that snake's really not going to cooperate with that unless it's dead. Do you have a pistol? And shakily, he reaches into the pocket of his overalls and pulls out what looks to me like a medium-sized Glock. But the slide is locked back. He goes, yeah, but I missed it every time. I do not know how you can miss a snake this size with 16 shots from a pistol. But this gentleman had managed to do so. Well, I walked down into the woods and I found a limb with a fork at the end of it. And I broke it off and I walked back up here and I tell the gentleman, now you back up. Things are going to get interesting. And I, I poke the snake, and the snake stretches out trying to strike, and I trap its head underneath the fork of the snake. And I mean, I've got a good bite on it, so it's not going anywhere. And so here I'm kneeling in my suit in the grass, holding a snake down. And I asked this gentleman, I said, you don't happen to have a knife on you, do you? Oh, yeah. He reaches in his pocket, and he pulls out one of those combination fingernail clip pocket knife things. This is the baby brother to the Swiss army knife. You know, you buy him for, you know, two fifty nine at the Dollar General, and that's his knife. So I take this knife, 
and unmercilessly stand here and basically gnaw the head off this snake with this dull, cheap piece of metal. Well, I get the snake separated from his head, and I pick the thing up, and, and it's probably a little bit bigger than my forearm, and easily from my outstretched hand goes to the ground and has some snake left over. I said, well, here's your rattles. He goes, uh, do you mind cutting them off for me? So I take the dull instrument of doom that he calls a knife, and I separate this snake from his rattles, and I give them to him. Now, understand, I've brought some rattlesnakes home, and uh, I I fried them up. I I I fillet the meat. Uh, Jackie will roll them in... uh, buttermilk and flour and make an, a batter with eggs and fry them in bacon grease. And I really, really enjoy the taste. A, a little chewy if you don't tenderize it, uh, but it's really, really good. Uh, I, I enjoy it. But every snake I've ever brought home, I've brought home uh, because I was in a place unavoidable, never just pulled over and killed a rattlesnake. And, and I was really, really shocked that my wife had said, you pull over and you kill this snake because it was it was July hot. I wasn't going to keep the snake in the car while we ate lunch, and so I just threw it in the woods. Waste of a good snake, waste of a good snake hide, but I'd done my Samaritan duty for the day. Well, I get in the car, and I go, well, are you happy? She goes, thank you, thank you. That guy was going to get bit. I said, well, what about me? I said, don't you remember? And that look she gets when she remembered. You see, when we were dating, and before we started dating, I would, to be politically, exactly politically correct, I was an amateur herpetologist. Now, my research involved, to a large extent, those things that a snake could not survive. (laughs) I had killed them with sticks, with Coke bottles, with rocks, with pistols, with rifles, with shotguns, with gardening implements, automobile tires, and in general realized they are all susceptible to blunt force trauma. It was not uncommon for me to stop whenever, whatever I was doing, whenever I saw a snake and kill it. If I were fishing and it were on the other bank, I'd sneak around and get it. If I were hiking and saw one, I'd kill it. If I were driving and saw one, I'd pull over and kill it. I never saw a rattlesnake while driving. I've always run into my rattlesnakes when I was afoot. And it just wasn't uncommon for me to stop and kill them. I had a piece of cherry wood that a guy gave to me, he worked at a ribbon plant, and they roll the ribbon on these little pieces of wood, and this is a perfect size stick to carry, you know, and uh, usually has a hiking staff, and it was a perfect snake stick, and, and I kept it right beside the door of my car. One beautiful afternoon in Arkansas, I was driving along a country back road, and I saw a rather large specimen, I think it was a black racer in, in the road, and man, I stopped the car, I jumped out i anesthetized the beast with my little stick uh and and then i performed the medical procedure that involves separating his head from the central nervous system this particular uh procedure renders the snake absolutely harmless and it allows you to use the snake then as a hat band or a headband or a belt i pull the skin off the snake threw the snake into the bushes and was walking back to my car with this beautiful, long, solid black snake hide. I was very proud of another successful field study in herpetology. 
I was a bit shocked to discover that my car was locked. Jackie Wallace, because we weren't married then, Jackie Wallace was sitting in the passenger seat, her feet up on the dash, her arms folded and her blue eyes glaring, death and venom at my personages. Muffled as they were through the locked door and the rolled-up windows of my car, her exact words were, that is the stupidest thing I've ever seen one human being do in all my life. You throw that thing away right now. Now, I'll repeat that with spaces between the words. In their original form, there were no spaces. It was one long word. I quote, That is the stupidest thing I have ever seen one human being do in all my life. You throw that thing away now. I said, honey, it's already thrown away. The snake's in the bushes. This is just his suit. This is what he was wearing. I don't care. You're not going to get in that car with that. Honey, it, it, it's my car. You can't put rules on, on my car. You will not get in this car with that. But, but, but it's my car. I don't care. You're not getting in here with that thing. So I, I, I threw my snake hide away. Now, would you please let me in my car? And then she added, you have to promise me you'll never do that again. I I can't promise me. Okay, honey, I promise I'll never stop the car and get out and kill a snake again. I I promise. And so I made my promise. She opened the door and she allowed me back in my car. And now, 20-something years later, she's the one who says, pull over, stop the car, kill the snake. It's funny how life kind of changes. We were living in Huntsville, and uh, Willie Sandlin, Willie was a good friend of mine. He used to preach in Batesville, Arkansas. He'd come to town to to preach. Uh, Willie passed away years ago with a a rare form of of, uh, cancer. But Willie and I were driving into town. He wanted to go see the Stars play ball and see if he could get some autographs from, uh, I think it was Jose Canseco that played here for a while. And as we were going up Highway 72, and this was before 72 had four lanes. It was a two-lane road, and we're coming up Chapman Mountain. And and we passed a guy. A yellow Volkswagen was by the road, and this guy was walking down the road. And Willie said, I'm telling you the truth, brother. That man had a rattlesnake. And so I pull the car over and we back down the shoulder. And sure enough, this guy's walking down the side of the road with a very large female rattlesnake. This was a timber rattler, uh, just like the one I killed on Gurley Pike. You call it a cane break rattlesnake or a timber rattler. And uh, it had a very blunt black tail. He said, that's how you know they're females. I said, sir, is there any way we can help you? And he goes, well, absolutely. He said, I'm catching these pregnant female snakes and I sell the babies to a lab, and uh, I saw this one, and uh, he said, I need a bag to put it in, so I walked down the road there and and, and found a, a, a discarded a Walmart bag, and I walk over, and, and this guy drops his snake in this bag, spins it, and ties it. He goes, and there's two more down this trail in this trash pile. Now, this trail is, is the trail that goes down to the Chapman Mountain Preserve, the, the hiking trail. But in those days, it wasn't a preserve. The land trust didn't own it. He said, would you guys like to see me catch those? And and Willie's looking like, yeah, I've never seen a rattlesnake in the wild. So we decided to go down there. 
I reach inside my car and I strap on my 357 because in those days I, I carried a, a 357, a Ruger. Uh, and the guy goes, whoa, 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 we're not going to kill him. We're going to catch him. I said, yeah, but if you get bit, you won't suffer long. <laughs> so we go down into this trail. And this guy has looked like a golf club with a hook on it. And he digs through this trash pile. And sure enough, he uncovers uh, two more of these big rattlesnakes and a black racer. He puts them all in bags that we rustled around and found for him. And uh, back to the Volkswagen we go with these huge snakes and these plastic bags. And he drops them in his car and scoots them under the seat, you know, in the back there. And we get in the car and start away. He gets in the car and starts away. And we get over the top of Chapman Mountain. And this Volkswagen behind us, and there's this tall, skinny kid walking down the road with his thumb in the air. And in the rearview mirror, I see the yellow Volkswagen pull off on the shoulder. And I tell Willie, I said, Willie, that dude is picking up the hitchhiker. And this young African-American boy is is walking down the road probably six foot maybe six foot four skinny as a rail he's the, the volkswagen pulls over the kid leads in talking to the guy and, and gets in the car so now we're driving willie's turned around he's on his knees in the front seat of my car looking through the back window as this volkswagen gets up to speed we see this young man's feet and hands come out the door at the same time. So you've got two feet, two hands, his head emerges, and then he pops out of this car and rolls down the shoulder. You see, at some point, he realized he was in a vehicle with rattlesnakes. I don't know if they were crawling around or buzzing or making noise. I, I don't know what happened inside the car other than he discovered there were snakes in the car and he wasn't going to be in the car. And, and it, it boils down to standards. Jackie says, you will not put a snake in this car with me. Not any part of a snake. Not a live snake, not a dead snake, not a snake's hide. I have a standard, be no snakes in this car. This young man on Highway 72 said, I'm not going to be in a car where there are snakes. It really boils down to the standards we put in our lives. If we just had those standards, I'm not going to allow this in my life. You won't bring it into my life, and if I'm in a position in my life and I realize it's there, I'll leave that part of it. Sometimes that seems a bit reactionary, but I really don't know if the whole thing is about fear of snakes or just understanding that you can't get bit by a snake if you don't mess with a snake. You can't become addicted if you never try X, Y, or Z for the first time. That's marijuana, coke, meth amphetamines, or porn. You're not going to cheat on your spouse if you have some standards that say these kind of exchanges don't take place between me and, and the opposite sex, and I won't tolerate it from the opposite sex either. I'm, I'm not going to allow dishonesty in my life, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time with people who are dishonest. 
Now, the thing about the snake, I, I really don't know if it was Jackie's concerned about my safety or if it was really concerned about the snake, but she had made a decision early in our relationship. This wasn't going to be part of it. And when you make a decision early in your life, what will or will not be a part of it, then you made a choice about standards. I'm not going to let you in the car. And if I find out it's in the car, I'm getting out of the car. And then as we mature, we, we recognize that even though there's something that I said I'm not going to be involved with, even though we've set a personal standard and said I'm not going to allow that in my life, but as we mature and, and we pass those people who are exposed to that thing we said was dangerous, we see people who are too close we see people who are in danger of being bitten. Maybe at that point when we realize, you know, I made a decision that this is not going to be a part of my life. And I made that decision because I thought it was dangerous. I thought it was unhealthy. I didn't think it was beneficial. Even though I made a promise not to be involved with that, I really didn't make a promise not to be involved with people who were involved with that if they needed my help, if they were in trouble, if they were in danger. We always have to remember that the things that we say aren't going to be in our lives. Sometimes we have to make a distinction between the things that people are involved with and the people they are involved with things. And although you wouldn't let a snake in your car, you might get out of your car to rescue somebody from a snake. There are 32 miles of cave passages in Cumberland Cavern. 333 feet underground is the Volcano Room. The Volcano Room is the site for the youth rally known as Erupt. It's an underground youth rally. It's an annual event, takes place in October. The next Erupt is scheduled for October of 2021. Erupt is a sponsor of Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. If you'd like more information, you may contact them at eruptyouthrally at gmail.com. That's eruptyouthrally at gmail.com. Or check out their website for more information, three W's and a dot, eruptyouthrally.com www.eruptyouthrally.com